Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Opportunity Knocks. I am your host, Dean Miller, and we've got another spectacular guest who comes from a slightly different world than many of our previous guests, which is which is a great thing because we're trying to talk about how people find and create their own opportunities from every end of the spectrum. Today's guest is yet another one of those people I met through the wonderful world of social media, I believe specifically Instagram. Um, he is, uh, I'm going to let him define what he is, uh, but I, I'll just put it to you this way. From what I've learned so far in the few conversations I've had to ha- had the opportunity to have with him, Dan Norton is absolutely a creative and more importantly, a person who comes from a position of giving. And I believe that's why we truly connected. So ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, Dan Norton, welcome to the show. Hey, Dean, I'm so uh, glad to be here with you and uh, be able to have this conversation. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to to put this together. We've had we've had a couple conversations before, but this will be our first time really kind of pushing uh, and trying to bring ba- value to a bigger audience other than just you and me. Uh, mm-hmm. So Dan and I met through. Um, he was doing some actual meetups in New York City. And Dan, before we start, give everybody a little introduction as to who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, my name is Dan Norton or Daniel Patrick Norton, depending on however you find me. It's a little easier to find me as Daniel Patrick Norton, which is why I have uh, have that out there on Instagram and everything. Uh, but I tend to just go by Dan. So if you see me or interact, I'm Dan. Uh, but I am a video editor. Uh, video and filmmaking has been my background for years. And more recently, I've really kind of dived into the idea of repurposing video. So I help uh, my clients repurpose long form video into micro content. And, uh, and I'm also a video creator. I love YouTube. I love the YouTube community. And, uh, and so I'm, I've got my hands in a whole lot of different things involved with video and different people. Uh, so yes, I've got my, my video meetup in New York city that I think we'll talk about in a little bit yep. here. And, and that was a, a cool way for us to connect and, uh, and connect with other video creators right here in the New York area. That's it. And as two guys, you know, yet, yet another one of these people, we, I think we live less than five miles apart from each other, but everything we've done is either by phone or virtual or through direct message so far. Yep. Uh, but, you know, that's one of the beauties of, of, of the modern world. And a lot of people are freaking out because they're getting tired. I mean, I'm, I'm probably on five or six Zoom calls a day. Uh, and it's almost becoming my preferred method of communication with people because I've, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's, it's funny as a guy who spent 20 plus years in real estate and in sales, it's my job to be on the phone a lot of hours, but I've always yeah. hated being on the phone because it's so impersonal. And I, I love the fact that more and more people are getting comfortable with the technology using FaceTime and Skype and, and now Zoom is, is the big player. And it was great to see that Facebook is, has kind of jumped in with both feet into this game as well. And if you haven't seen, that's coming soon. Facebook's version of, we'll, we'll call it Facebook's version of Zoom. Uh, but yeah. actually seeing another body moving in front of you while you're having that conversation really has made my life that much easier and more comfortable because it's nice to see, you can engage with a voice, but when you can see the body language, it, it kind of helps lead a conversation. And it's, it's a big part of what a conversation is. 100%. I think even before this was happening, I was really, I, I was using Zoom a lot. Uh, when I talk with people, uh, whether they want to come on and talk about services, or we want to talk about strategy, or when I get on calls with my clients or anybody, I'm always opting, hey, let's get on a Zoom call. Um, in fact, I have like a calendar that auto books Zoom calls. Yep. And so people can schedule it. And we get right on on video because what matters is tone right which you don't get with text you don't get tone so you get you can get tone on the phone but but like you were saying just being able to visually see how someone responds 
uh, can tell you a lot. Yeah. And that's why in-person events are so important or having in-person meetings are so important. But we could get that through video. And that is definitely so helpful that, I mean, we're just a few miles apart, but we can't get together yep. yet. I can still also have conversations with my you know, friends and colleagues in Australia yeah. at the same time and be able to get exactly what we would get in person. It's, you know, there, there was some, and, and we can touch on it if you'd like, uh, people of video, it is correct. Mm-hmm. You guys, there was a group, uh, people, people of video who was doing an event, uh, up in Albany and I'd looked into it and it didn't work with the schedule. Uh, but I, that, that's really what led to me diving in and, and trying to nurture a little bit of a connection here with you, uh, was so, so many things you do bring so much value, um, and many people who know me and see what we're doing here with the podcast and with our real estate company and with our community services groups that we're working with, uh, you know, video is such a major importance that I hired somebody full time a little over a year ago, and I contracted with a with the company that my my current media director Corey Stewart was with. Uh, I stole him away from there with their blessing, but I had contracted with that company for um, about three or four months beforehand. And just the power of video and, and what, what I love most about it is I, I still don't like being in front of the camera. I'm the first one to admit it. <laughs> but I've, I've come to realize that it's unacceptable not to be in front of the camera. And one of the things I enjoy most about it is that, you know, I, I made the joke with someone the other day. He said, I'll never get on camera. I said, why? Do you really want them to be scared of how ugly you are when you meet them for the first time? Or would you like to get them? And it's a good friend of mine, someone I've known for 15 years. Uh, but I threw that line out there. And all of a sudden, he was like, all right, I'll think about it. And I said, well, that's a good start. So let's talk about you. Let's, let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned uh, video repurposing services. Talk mm-hmm. about what that, let, let's put that into layman's terms for those who don't have any clue about anything video related and tell me what you mean by that. So by video repurposing, uh, let's, I'll try to make it as simple as possible if I can. And let me know if I'm not making it simple. Cause I tend to, I'll bring I you back to center because I'm, I could tell but, people all the time. I'm not yeah. that bright. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about the idea of repurposing, right? You're taking one thing and making it into something else right there. And that happens often with someone like finds a table on the side of the road that someone threw out and they repurpose it into, you know, something, or you find uh, pallets you turn it into like a wall background because that looks really cool. We've done that at our, at our church. That same thing can be done with media, right? So let's say we've got this, this interview here right now. We're having this conversation. This conversation can get turned into other things other than just this conversation, right? Meaning you've got this thing, however long it's going to be, someone could go and watch that. But we can t- take a segment of this a one minute clip, a two minute, three minute clip, or edit it down and make a completely new piece of video that is not sending people to this stream or anything. It's just something that can then be used over on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. And even from that, if there was some things that were said in here, maybe you could turn that into uh, posts or an Instagram carousel post, which I think are really, really good. We've got a couple of mutual people that we follow uh, that do this at really high levels. that's repurposing in itself because you're taking the content that's already made and now you don't have to create that from scratch you can now create other things that can blanket and reach more people on different platforms in different ways because not everyone's going to go and sit down and, and watch this or listen to this but they may pull out a segment that for them can be so valuable and be that turning point that either sends them to go back to listen to this interview or to be able to go and do something else and that's the the value of uh, repurposing 
Exactly. Content. Yeah. I, I'll tell you a quick story, which is what I learned. And, and we've both, I, I see the books behind your head. We're both highly influenced by Gary Vaynerchuk. And everybody knows that, uh, you know, I, I do immerse myself in Gary's stuff from time to time to learn what he does, how he does what he does, and when he does it. Um, when I first committed to doing this, uh, I hired a company, a guy by the name of Ed Turney, who uh, also went to the 4Ds event at VaynerMedia, a uh, different session than me, but we had both gone through it. Ed took his his love of this stuff, and Ed's in the mixed martial arts and kickboxing studios, things like that, uh, and started a, started a media company, and he's the guy I hired, and I paid a lot of money for it, and it was worth every penny. A, the connections I made, but B, what they taught me. And they'll all admit they didn't know as much then as they do now. And they, you know, it's a constantly evolving thing. But one of the things I learned from really uh, obsessing over, over, over Vaynerchuk and his stuff was one of those slide decks he put out about repurposing content. Uh, and he's yeah. got, he had a, he's got a 200 page one or an 80 page one. They're still out there. But Ed said to me in the beginning, we were sitting in a coffee shop, uh, me, Ed, and Jason Morena, who's Jason's actually one of Gary's videographers now. He's, uh, he's kind of D-Rock-ish, uh, and he's a great guy. And we sat down, and I said, you would be great for a podcast. And my response was, who the hell wants to listen to me? I don't want to listen to me. Who's going to want to listen to me? <laughs> what do I have to talk about? And I got over that fear, and it took, a, it took a year. The fear went away, but the thought of doing it. And then we said, holy cow, think about this. If we sit down and do a podcast in the studio, we have a guest here with us. We're doing the audio. We're shooting the video for it. Two forms of long-form content. Corey, my, my media director, uh, strips it out and creates micro-content out of it for in, specifically for Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, we're pushing to YouTube. We're create, we can create blog posts out of it. We can transcribe it and literally make that into an entire blog. We could create dozens and dozens of pieces of content from a one-hour conversation. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, it, it blew my mind, but here we are, I'm talking to a guy who that's what you do for a living. Yeah. It's, it's mind blowing to me. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll step back down it's, off the soapbox. It's funny because, um, you know, Gary definitely gets known for it, right? Cause he's done it at such a high level. He's right. got a huge team. He's able to put that together. There's a lot of people that do this at high levels, having Carmichael and some different people. Um, but where did they learn this from? It is something that traditional media has done for so long right and and i say that it's traditional media i'm not just talking news or whatever i come from the sports broadcast world okay. right my background is sports i come from my first job in the business in 2009 was working for major league baseball repurposing highlights of baseball games in real time right so if you're if you're a fan of baseball and you and you had like the mlb app okay. you would get while the game is live you would get highlights sent to your phone while the game is still live so home run happens big play happens, big defensive, whatever, some, some crazy milestone moment for a player, right? You, uh, you get this little 30 second, one minute, you know, 90 second clip right. that gets sent to you. And it's just the clip from the broadcast, right? This is literally repurposing. Yep. It seems so simple, but that is repurposing. And MLB was, has done this and sports have done this in high levels for, for so many years. For decades now. Uh, but it's just straight from a broadcast, right? Well, a broadcast is made in a way, if you think about news and sports, it's made in a way so that it can be repurposed, right? It's segments and sound bites. Baseball, think about how, how, how even you could think about some of the most memorable plays. You know, that you can remember if you're a sports fan, like watching, you can remember what, what was being said if the announcer's good, right? right. Of course, I'm a Mets fan, and, so they're 
All right, I'm going to go the other way. I'm a Yankees fan, but I always, I always look at, I always look at the clip, and the one of the most memorable ones is Carlton Fisk when he hits that ball and he's sitting there and he's mm-hmm. swinging his arms and waving it in. And I, I, I think if I remember right, the story came from the fact that there was a cameraman there who got into that position because it was a giant rat that scared him into moving, uh, and that's how they captured that shot. But that's what it is. Is is this is not new? It's how mm-hmm. we do it and how we perceive it is new. But instant replay has been around in sports forever, and it's been around in the news. I mean, you go back, wars have been, you know, the video from wars have been repurposed into content to generate yeah. ratings for the broadcasting channels. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not something new, and it really, while it's taken on a life of its own more recently with the overwhelming amount of social media opportunities there are out there, more and more yeah. people are becoming aware of it. Uh, and I, I love the fact, so... So that's where you got your start. You went to film school, yep. you came out, you started doing all this repurposing stuff, and we had a conversation about a week or so ago, uh, and it led you to what you found to be an incredible opportunity. Uh, off the backs of some of the things you were doing with the meetup group locally that you had set up and inspired, and you've got some sponsorships for, congratulations on that. Uh, tell, yeah. tell us about that. You know, what, what, tell us about that opportunity, how it came up, where it came from, and what you're looking to do with it. With the meetup? Yeah. Well, no. With, yeah. With, go from the, tell, let's, why don't you tell the story from the meetup mm-hmm. into this new business evolution that, that we were discussing last week? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I had um, I had gotten into this world of, of YouTube and online business. I really, you know, I came out of film school not wanting to be in the movie business anymore. I wanted to have a family. I wanted to be home, right? Those are the things. And I've always, always kind of dreamed of it. When, the, when I got married in 2015 it was like okay i really need to make something happen now right so i put in time and effort into studying how to how to do online business right how to make something on my own how how to build this up you're not taught that in film school in fact you're not taught that in most schools uh, especially how modern business is right now and it it seems to be so complicated and overall it's not as complicated as it seems it's just following trying to follow too many different people and too many different people's advice right there's all these things you think you need to have when you really don't right but i'm studying it i'm looking and i find this opportunity on youtube like youtube is an amazing opportunity to create business create awareness and have a system that people can find you on so i dove deep into this and i really got uh, deep into the community, started going into conferences, conferences on the West Coast, mm-hmm. down South, like Vid Summit and all these different ones. Uh, I built a lot of great relationships with people. And there was a few of us that are up here in the New York Northeast area, some are down in like the Philly area and upstate area. And uh, we all connected. We're like, why are we not hanging out and meeting up here in New York? There's nothing here for us, like as creators or right. as solo business owners, everything's industry and corporate or advertising and to even get a ticket to get to one of these events you need to spend fifteen hundred dollars for like base level which is not like who what who solo is going to be able to afford that right there's not not that much here there's some things so we're like well let's get together let's create a mastermind and we did it was five of us that that got together created the nyc video mastermind and then from there we're like let's let's do a meetup because there's got to be other people out here that that need this uh because if we're feeling it there's other people out there that do yeah so we started growing. It started with like nine people showed up to the first one, which to us was a success. Nine people showed up, like yeah. no one could have showed up. Like who, it wasn't people from our network, you know? And that's really grown. And then the last in-person one we had, had nearly 30 people. And we were in Times Square, like right right at a hotel, uh, right there with, uh, with, with a sponsor, as you had said. So that had grown. Um, and my desire was to be able to like create workshops and help train. 
Um, and so people were telling me, Dan, like, we want to, you know, get coached. Like, how, how are you figuring out how to do these things? And one of the opportunities I started seeing was for video editors and how I could create, a, you know, a coaching opportunity for video editors um, to get clients. And especially now, more than ever, when people are losing jobs and all of those things, there's video editors out there who are struggling like I was five, six years ago, or even two years ago to be able to figure that out. I got a coach that helped me figure out how to get, get clients, figured out how to do that all online. And so I want to be able to create that opportunity for editors, but in that same sense, create an opportunity now for marketers, business owners, and creators to have a group of video editors to go to that are qualified and ready to be able to do the kinds of work that's required, right? To have a I resource. mean, video is a lot yeah. of work. You just said it, right? It's, yeah. Some people don't want to get on camera. You think about the idea of how much pieces of content do I need to create every single week, right? It's overwhelming. Yeah. Even when we create these one piece of long form content, we say you could create a thousand pieces out of it, right? That's still, the thought of it is still a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Well, having the right person, the right editor or the right producer, which you have for yourself as well, the right person to come in and be able to help take those tasks that you, one, don't want to become the person who does it, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have a desire to become this like amazing video editor because right. it's just, it's, a, it's literally a whole nother thing. But also you have your focus on your business and your clients and your family and what you want to grow. So you need to have the right person that knows what they're doing with that. So that's kind of the desire that I've, I've found, the, the, uh, the, the place that I've found that I can help assist others while I'm actually building my own, doing my own business with my own and, clients. And you're, fi- you're finding this newfound opportunity to be somewhat profitable, if, I, if you don't mind me prying a little bit. I'm not looking for specific numbers, but there's an industry there for you. You've kind of found that cottage industry for yourself. Yeah, I would love to be able to get to the point where if I could make my complete focus on this, because I know how much I, we, that can be done there, right? I have a lot of dreams on where it's going. I'm doing as a, a small launch right now to, to make this happen and to get a few people that are in my group results. That's just my That's goal. I, I, I'm learning the, ben- the, the value of keeping things simple. Like I've always thought like it's got to be perfect, right? I'm a video editor. I went to film school like, I can't make videos if I'm shooting off my Logitech webcam, right? I've worked with 4K and cameras like this and had amazing light setups and and full crews. Like, it's embarrassing to be like, oh, I'm going to come on here with my little, you know, webcam and do video. But the reality is it doesn't, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be done. And you work towards building all of those things up and building the right team and the right people. But the simpler you keep it, the more likely it is to get done. And that's really what, I'm, what, I've, what I've learned. Um, and even with this, like I, I wanna have the right funnel set up. I wanna have the right website set up. I wanna have all these courses and, and modules all already shot and recorded so that they could be trained. And it's like, you know what? No, I don't need to. I need to get them results and then use this, find out the needs of this group because I might think there might be needs, but what I learned from them, I, I could actually answer better finding out exactly what they need help them get results. And then from there build out. It's one of the greatest things about being an entrepreneur. I think is if you, if you could learn to be self-aware enough, but also have the ability to listen. And we put a piece together that's something along the lines of, are you hearing what's not being said? 
uh, and, and watching the failures because encouraging people to share those failures with you puts you in a position to look at it from, you know, to look at it from, from the 30,000 foot view, like Henry Ford looking down on the, on the assembly line, where if you know what you're looking for and you see it happen, it's easier for you to find those solutions and then bring it to the masses as opposed to each one of us individually saying, oh, I broke this, how do I fix it, having to learn to do it, and so on and so on and so on. That, that concept of the mastermind, taking, taking a group, building a business out of it, but also yeah. letting those people know, hey, we need to share our failures almost more importantly than our successes. Uh, because one person's success could be someone else's failure and vice versa. Right. Yeah. And I, I, lo I love where you're going with this. And, and, you know, there is a need for it. Like Corey and I have talked and we, we mentioned to you, we would, we would love to bring some people on who want to be in that learning stage. And that'll lead me to some of my other questions. Um, let's get into the details for now. Someone who's been doing this professionally for a while uh, and who's been exposed to quite a few of the, the biggest names in the business, as well as the, the little guys like me, um, what makes a good videographer and editor, in your opinion? Hmm. Like, who is that? <laughs> it, well, you know, each each industry and each thing is kind of different, right? there there's there's a difference in tv and movies and there's a difference in social media and and, and marketing um in those in those realms from what i've learned right for for tv and movies you need to always and it, it kind of goes for everything you need to always be able to feel and know know the cut based on how it feels right okay. you're editing for slightly different if we're talking marketers we're talking entrepreneurs um you know a good videographer is someone who is uh going to be able to get you what you need without overdoing it, right? I think one of the biggest things that ends up happening is when people start doing video, it's like, I got to take a hundred takes, right? And that is great for film and TV. Always get as much possible takes as you can. But when you're trying to get out daily social media content, right. if you are taking everything and trying to get that perfect take, then you're never going to get there. Right. Because it's it's only going to take you longer to edit. It's only going to take you longer to shoot, to record, to do all of that stuff. And then you got to do it all over again, because once you post that video, that video doesn't That's matter it. anymore. It's all about the next one. Yep. Right. Yep. So having someone who can be efficient in that way, I think that also means that there is an importance for who is hiring that editor or videographer it's to know point. what they can give to guide that videographer yeah. or um, guide their editor on what they exactly need. Because sometimes you bring on a video videographer and it's like, oh, you go and do everything. You, you're the expert. You go and do it. It's right. But the thing is, they're not the expert in your niche. They yeah. don't know every single thing that, that you that you want. So they're going to shoot as much as possible. And at that point, you might be overpaying more than you need. Right. Yeah. But if you can pay a videographer for one hour's time, get, get your one hour rate, but you hand them what's called a shot list saying, you know what? I need this stuff. I need these specific shots. Okay. That I need just going to be, you know, uh, this talking head of me and I need some shots of this product or this service or of my business. Let's just get a bunch of this within an hour and we do a one hour or two hour time rate and it boom, it's done. Right. So it's it's being able to know what you can give them gotcha. and your videographer also knowing how to help point you into what you need uh, with I, those things. Same thing with an editor. It's like how to help guide you. It's like, hey, maybe consider smiling or something or, yep. or doing these kind of things. Cause that'll make it better. So those little adjustments that you can give um, I think those along the way are, are very good. It blew my mind. The first day I went out and did this, it was October of 2018. 
Uh, Jason Moreno, who I'd never met, came, Ed Turney sent them out to me. We were at the Long Island Board of Realtors Education Conference, and I was working the trade floor with Allstate. We had put together a, a group on, on Facebook, and we were kind of promoting the group and trying to build it. Uh, and it's still going to this day. We relaunched it a couple weeks back, and it's, it's doing fairly well. Um, but Jason Mike taught me how to mic myself up, and I said, all right, what do I do? He's like, go, go do your thing. Like, what do I say? He goes, just go, go be you. Go do what you would do if I'm not here. And when I find a minute, I'll ask you questions. I'll observe what's happening around you, and I'll ask questions. And while tactically I think a videographer and an editor have to have skills, in the social media world at least, Jason became my guide. And I always talk about, you know, the role of our company is not to be the hero of the story. It's to be the guide in our, in our client's in our client's process. And I've got a, you know, I've got Yoda in the background here. And I, I believe in that, you know, be the guide in the process. And it blew my mind halfway through the day. We'd just be walking from the trade floor to a, to a, a speaker's room, whatever it was. And as we're walking, he would say, he would just talk to me and the camera was rolling. And I was, a, I was amazed at how self-aware he was for me that he knew mm -hmm. what to pull out of me. And I don't know if I said anything brilliant. I still don't, I still don't know because I tell people all the time, my brain goes so damn fast, I don't know what comes out of my mouth half the time, which is a dangerous place to live. Um, <laughs> but he did such a brilliant job of asking me simple questions and then giving me simple ideas. And I completely let down my guard because he felt so comfortable. And Corey does that for me today, which is why I hired him. He, he knows... There, there's an awareness that they have of what's going on around them once you build that rapport. Uh, and if yeah. you look at Corey and I, we could we are such different people in so many ways. I'm, you know, I'm now 50 plus. He's not not even 25 yet. Um, you know, uh, he, he's tall and skinny and in good shape, and I'm short and fat and not in good shape. You know, all, all those look. We, we are so opposite in so many ways, and I think that's what makes that 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 that's created that relationship for us. And I, I love that about so many of the people who are in your industry who are doing social media specifically because they are connectors by nature. And I don't, I, what I find amazing is I don't think many of them realize it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think, well, even in that, what, even what you're saying, and one of the things that I've found to be very valuable with the clients that I've worked with is knowing the audience of your client, yeah. of the person that you're working for. It doesn't mean you have to be involved with their audience. It can be. I'm involved with a bunch of my uh, clients' audiences. It's actually how I got a lot of my jobs, uh, which is which is really cool. Is that we live in a time where you could actually work with whoever you want. If you've got something that you that you know is valuable for somebody, you've got an opportunity to pitch it. And if you do it in the right way, without being like, "Oh, I'm going to like sell you this thing," or be like one of these people who DM you on LinkedIn with like their offer and think that you are going to love it right away it's building that relationship. Like you said, building that rapport, yeah. then you start to notice, Oh, you know what? Like this person could really use something like this. Let me, let me see if I can offer that. And that's, that's honestly one of the biggest ways I've gotten a huge portion of my clients. Um, but that comes from knowing their audience and knowing their goal. And if you can yeah. align with their goal and their audience for them, that's amazing, right? For you, it's like, you know, if you've got someone who, who cares about your audience and takes care of them just like you do, if not more in the sense that they can deliver something that you wouldn't have even thought of that's perfect for your audience because they're a member of it, right? 
um, or they they just are aware of it. That's well, one of and the they things res- that and I, they respect I always it. share. They respect that audience, whether they like it or not. Yeah. They respect it, and I and I, I love that about it. you know. It's cool. listen. Corey's pulled me down a very different path over the last years. We've evolved so much. Um, like I said, I said to you in our in our pre-show conversation, we're toying with actually taking our media division and creating a completely separate company out of it because mm-hmm. of the fact that a lot of what we think we're capable of doing will interfere with the real estate side of the business. And it's one of the beauties of being the entre- being an entrepreneur. Um, and and I, I, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but all too often, because I think it's a curse, uh, I think pe- all too often people look at me and say, you're more of a visionary, uh, which could be a wonderful thing. But when it comes to doing the minutia of it and certain little things, I blow up and I because I can't get them done, I blow them off. And they don't get done and we don't grow. So I'm starting to accept a little bit of that visionary mindset and say, okay, let's take a quarter of the brain and say, let's let that part of the brain work on being the visionary. What can we do? And that's when I step back again and I go to that Henry Ford assembly line kind of thought process and say, step back. Can we do this? If we keep it as a media division within the company, what distractions, problems will that create? What opportunities will it create? If we move it to a separate company, there's a little more work that goes in, that gets involved in it. But if everybody knows their role, we could still do this really well. And we can move back and forth between companies and have a, a very defined role within each of them and know where we have to hire to fill, to fill the voids. And I, I'm excited yeah. by it um, because for us, you know, the podcast, the podcast world and creating content out of that has been something that's been brought to our attention a lot. And we're finding that there's a need for people to learn. Uh, and we may go we may go that route and offer that as our first basic service all the way down to, hey, you want to shoot a daily vlog, you know, Gary V style? God bless. Let's go for it because we've done all these things. You know, we've got 20-something episodes of the vlog and 20-something episodes of the podcast now. And that seems to be our magic number before we figure out where the pivot comes from. Um, right. But I, I love it. Let me touch. Let me touch on another thing because this is not an ageism thing in any way, shape, or form. I just look at kids and say so many of them I believe are misguided by certain types of education and you know I'm a guy who graduated high school tried college many times still don't have any credits Uh, I was not a classroom student person but when I went to audio recording school and the guy literally on the first day gave us all the books and then said okay throw them back in the box they're the same books I've been using for the last 10 years nobody's ever unwrapped them go break it that's what we did that's how I learned um So I like the idea of helping people create their own future whenever possible. My, my number one, one of my number one desires as an owner of a company is to help people either promote themselves up or out of the company. Up meaning they want, they want to move up the ladder within our organization or out because they've finally been able to achieve something that's their dream. So they're not leaving me. They're going to take advantage of something new that's new to them. Uh, and I, I love telling stories about things like that because it, it makes me happy. I, it, it stinks that I'm losing someone. But if they're leaving on the right terms, they're going to help replace themselves all too often. So one of the things that we've been thinking about is how do we go to local schools, high schools? You know, we've been putting posts up in some of the, in some of the Long Island mom groups saying, do you have a son or daughter, niece or nephew, grandchild who's into running around with a camera or editing things? It's amazing how many parents have no clue that their kids like doing this stuff. I said, but ask them. And if they yeah. do, connect them with me. So... How do we take, and this is coming from a guy who took three years of photography in high school, and I spent more time in the dark room working on photography than going to any of my other classes. Uh, part of my education issues as well is I did what I love to do. But how do we take those hobbyists, those kids who want to learn, and help turn them into professionals? 
well, there's been no better time in our history than right now for teenagers to become entrepreneurs. And many of them have, have done that. We yeah. can see that successfully through a lot of different people coming up on TikTok or YouTube, I think will continue to be that space where a lot can, uh, can become very successful and finding out ways to actually monetize that and build those things up. And um, I think there, there's this desire there, but entrepreneurship is not taught in schools no. um, that well. And especially and it can't around be. here. It can't um, be. Yeah. There's some of it, I think more out West and um, you know, someone that I know is very passionate about it. Someone that I followed for years, Pat Flynn, mm -hmm. um, which is a huge reason why I'm in this. I'm actually getting to do some work with him right now, which for me is like so awesome uh, to be able to do that. Uh, but he is, that's one of his dreams and goals for his personal brand is to be able to affect schools, to be able to teach entrepreneurship. He's doing that with his son, got to hear his son speak at his event last year. And it that's was great. so cool uh, to be able to see that, but the opportunities now, whether it's a podcast, um, you know, a YouTube channel, obviously there's things with children that you, you don't want to be using, but as they start to grow as teenagers, I think there's things that you could teach at a young age, even with like a lemonade stand that can go out and, and how can we use some form of, of technology to promote that, to get out there. Um, it's something that I'm very excited about because it's things that I wish I would have known years ago. Yeah. Right. I mean, a lot of it didn't exist then, or at least there was, you know, the pipe dreams of it or some people that were playing with it, but there wasn't the proof that there is now. So like the proof in 2008 and 10 was, wasn't there because YouTube was still in its infancy. Mm -hmm. It's still very young compared to many things, but um, there wasn't much proof where now it's like there is complete proof and evidence of how you could build a whole business using these things. Yeah. Um, so I think it's taking some of the, the things that, that kids, kids or teenagers or students, it's always, I hate putting a label. I'm, I'm a youth counselor at my church in, in Westbury. Uh, so my wife and I've been doing that for years. So we've always had, kind of had a heart for students and teenagers. Yeah. And, and I've always been encouraging them like, Hey, you need to, Hey, like, look, if you want to make some money, there's nothing stopping you right now. College students, I'm telling them like, look, you're in college, you're writing these papers. Those papers can be turned into your blogs or yep. your articles on LinkedIn. Those papers can be turned into YouTube videos that you put out. And even if no one watches them, if anything, that's your, your way to stand out, to get the job you want when, because no one else is doing it. Yeah but you've got it already written. You've got the proof in there to prove what you know. Imagine if you spent four years, all your papers that you write, you repurpose all of those into blogs, into YouTube videos, into Instagram videos, whatever platform you enjoy doing. Imagine you graduate with all of that proof. You've got visual proof, written proof. It's not just, here's a bunch of papers that right. I did that no one's gonna read, but that recruiter or that, that, that hiring manager or you know someone who may buy from you because you've put all this stuff out there, you've now got the proof that everyone else slept on. Well, you've because got- Because they're all sitting there you know, going out and partying or, or, or playing video games and whatever, that's all good. Like, but if you put that extra time into the stuff you've already got sitting there that can prove you know because it's a big thing we graduate school and we're like i know all this stuff but yet you get viewed as you don't you right get, and you, you don't. Get, yeah you have to earn it you got to build it up but you've now got you've got to stand out resumes are you know there used to be a stack of resumes yep. right now it's literally digital it's not yep. even a stack it's you it, like people someone doesn't even have to see the physical piece of paper it's even less likely that you'll get viewed now more than ever so you've got to find that way 
to stand out, to be that edge. And if you've done that for four years, by the end of your fourth year, you may come out not needing to get that job because you've found ways to monetize the stuff that you've been doing. That's where I think the the value lies, especially for students, high school students. It's like, you've got hobbies. I've, I've told students, like, if you like sports, why not? You've already, you already sit and watch YouTube till three in the morning. And then you're watching TikTok till six in the morning, right? So it's like, you're not sleeping anyway. You're already watching this stuff. Like, just start making something in that way. You'll learn as you go. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to worry about monetizing it right now. It's just making that. Then once you start seeing some things, maybe you'll find some ways to monetize it. Maybe you can become a coach. You could tutor somebody. I mean, we've got Zoom. Everyone's learned how to yeah. use Zoom now. Like I, like five months ago, I was like, hey, why don't you just do it on, on Zoom? And people are like, no, I don't. You think people really want to get on? Now every, everyone everybody knows how to does. use Zoom. So there's everybody no does. excuse why you can't take like if you know how to play the piano why you can't just put out a message out on your linkedin and say hey does anyone want to learn how to do piano like i'm going to do a free lessons like real cheap 20 bucks if you're like my first student and we'll do it right over zoom you know once a week for a month and we'll just come on there and then you scale that up and then people can book times with you and they yep. have to pay on like a calendly thing it's just like i said it sets up zoom for you and all that pay in advance and show up Right. Simple. This is literally like DM marketing, you know, yeah. <laughs> like you send a DM. Hey, I saw that you were playing piano. I, I'm actually like, you know, I'm trying to test out teaching this while I'm sitting at home. Like so many people are complaining, like, oh, I don't have a job. I don't have this or, you know, unemployment and who knows I'm late. You've got opportunity. I'm not saying that it's not hard and I'm not yep. saying that it is easy and like that everyone can do this. Obviously it's different for everyone's scenario, There's... but if you've got some kind of skill, the biggest thing that I'm learning is just go and keep it simple yep. and people will respond. People want to learn. That's yeah. the big, right now people want to learn. If you got something that you could teach or some kind of skill or service you could do for somebody and you could just, you just put it out there in like an IG story, which is very much how we got connected. That's I just exactly it. saw your stories and, or, or your Instagram. And now here we are, you know, chatting and becoming good friends. That's it. And you know, you, you touched on it and you, you were rolling. So I didn't want, I didn't want to break your pattern because yeah, you brought, sorry. I know I, I, I appreciate <laughs> it. It was, it was fantastic and it'll make for a ton of great micro content as well. So, uh, but you mentioned the same thing. You talked about a stack of resumes. If, if, if these, and again, I don't want it to be about kids because listen, there could be a 50 year old who, who just lost their job and loved was, was a part-time photographer as a hobbyist and what can, figure out, Hey, I'd love doing this. So I, when I say kids, I don't mean just because they're young, but people who are in a position to, to recreate or change their own direction. Uh, but you mentioned the whole thing about the resume and I, you know, you got the big, you got the big hell yes from me because I looked the same thing and say, resumes aren't worth the paper they're printed on. But if you were able to document, and again, this is something that I, you know, it's not new and it's not owned by him, but it's something that I learned and consumed from, from Vaynerchuk. And it's how we started our vlog. Just document the course of your day, no matter how boring it is, somebody's going to find that interesting. And that's your audience. And understanding you, yeah. you cannot and should not be all things to all people. So just be you and let those who love you. I'm thrilled at the fact that our, our Instagram audience is just short of 1,400 people now. We've almost doubled in a year. We were like, what, what kind of weight do you carry? You've only got 1,400 followers. And my response, pardon language, is bullshit because I engage with as many people who follow me as you can imagine. I follow their stuff. Yep. I take the time to go in and, and learn about them because I want the algorithm to push their stuff up for me so that I can get to know them better. Uh, right. 
you know, and you can't tweet, you can't fake out the algorithm. It knows you better than you know yourself. So you got to play by its rules. But I think ultimately it's designed to help you become a better connector with other people. Uh, and to get back to that point, that resume, if someone documented their history of writing in school or, or whatever they did and put it out there, you know, I got news for you. Just like when a, when a potential employee comes to me, I try to vet them by looking at their social media. And if everything they have is private, it kind of leads me to believe maybe there's – and I get there's privacy concerns for everybody. But I want to see who you are and what you do. And if I had my history of, of, of A-plus papers that I wrote in creative writing out there and I went to a publishing house for a job, I wouldn't have to say, hey, look at me and what I did. I'd say, here, this is who I am and what I'm capable of. And look at how I've grown and what I've done. There's the resume for you, you know, and that's and the they're going to look it. anyway. You know I mean? They're like going they're to find it. That's right. You, they're going to look at every bit of social media. I mean, I'll even tell that as me, who's hired editors, right? I've hired video editors to to do some freelance working for me, um, and I've looked at their. I absolutely look at their social media, and I don't even. It's not even something I'm like intentionally doing. I've noticed myself like right. it's just natural. Right. Like if I'm going to hire this someone, I just want to see who they're connected. What, what are they doing? What are they putting out there? Like, you know, are there any warning signals? Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's something that even even if it's not intentional, it's going to happen to whoever you're looking yeah. to, whether it's a client or whether it's an employer, they're going to look at at your content, your social media, your website and, and what's out there. And it even if it doesn't, it's not about the quality of how it looks. Mm -hmm. It's about the content of what's there. Right. Now, maybe some things, if you're fighting for like a job where it's, you need to have quality stuff, then absolutely you should put out quality for yourself sure. as well. Sure. But when you look at the content of what you're talking about, if, if they're going to look anyway, you've got an opportunity to blow past the competition yep. by doing what they're not. That's it. And, and putting and out everything that you can. And that's how you differentiate yourself. And you know what? I think differentiation is one of the keys to any successful growing business is how do you, how do you, even if you're, you know, do you look at fast food, everybody's selling a burger, but they're all a little bit different. And you know what? Yeah. People become, this is my favorite place and that's not. And so on and so on. I love it. Um, we talked yeah. about, again, in our, in our previous conversation, we talked about, creating that irreplaceable feel for people in your industry mm -hmm. uh, by learning some of the basic business skills of the industries that they're working in with their specialty. Yes. Talk a little bit, talk a little bit about what, about how that came up and what you meant by it, because I think it's very important. Yeah. And I think it goes for everything. But for me, when I talk about video editors, this is how the perspective I'll talk from, but, but honestly, it really comes at no matter what kind of work that you do, if, you, if you're an entrepreneur, I would say, or you're going to go, you know, work in something, it's always more enjoyable to work with industries that you enjoy, right? If you don't know much about the industry, you can still do work for them, obviously, and there's plenty of things. But when you know stuff about the industry, it becomes more enjoyable, but it helps put you in a position that strengthens why someone should hire you, right? Or why someone should work with you or choose your services or your products over someone else's. Because you specialize in knowing what they need and what their audience needs and what will help them the best, right? So for me, I tend to have clients who are entrepreneurial or in sales. Like I don't, I'm not great with sales. I never was great, but I, I enjoy learning about sales. So I'm okay. already a consumer, which puts me in a better position 
to work with sales coaches, to work with um, you know people who teach entrepreneurship or teach video uh, or or any of those things. Now it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like someone I work with is a self-publisher. I'm terrible at reading and terrible at writing. My grammar is awful. <laughs> My spelling is awful. But one, he and I connect. And there is that entrepreneurial spirit in there. So I can understand a little bit more on how to work, which makes me a little more desirable as an editor for them or a producer for them, because I have a sense of what their audience wants. Now, if you're going to talk about, you know, someone that teaches math, I'm terrible at math. I hate math. I have no desire about math. I don't know what like mathematic people, you know, want, like what their audience what wants inspires to hear from. Them to, yeah. I could, pr I could do the editing for them. But I'm not, you know, um, I, it's not a topic or subject that I can be like, oh, this audience is going to love this. Right. Right? And because because you have no connection to it, the the voice that I talk about it all the time, the voice that comes out of yeah. that production is not going to speak to their desired audience, most likely. Right. Yeah. My longest going uh, client that I've worked with is just we've got a, a synergy in a sense of like I when I go to repurpose content from his videos, I already kind of know what he wants. You know, and, and he doesn't even need to verbalize it to me um, anymore, where it's just like, yeah, I, I could tell just by the way he said this, yep. that this is going to work. So I've learned his audience. Right. Like I said, but I've also learned him on what he is looking for and and, and uh, that he knows would be a uh, something that he would want to promote or to push out as opposed to something else. Right. But also, what are some of the other things that you can do? Right. Like I'm a video editor. Right. But if I put myself more in the role as a video producer, well, then, OK, I'm, I'm bringing up the value a little bit more like, OK, I could help produce something so yeah. you could step away a little bit more. Right. That, again, adds to me knowing the topic a little better, knowing the subject or the audience a little better. Um, but then maybe some skills like I know how to upload to YouTube so you can make me, you know, a manager on your channel and I can upload to YouTube. But I also know how to read YouTube analytics. So when I look, go back and look at how your videos did on YouTube and I see the audience retention graphs, I could say, oh, you know what? That that cut that I did here or this bumper here, it seems to be like a big drop off of people watching. You know, maybe I should, you know, consider editing this a little differently or presenting, hey, let's let's consider taking this out because here's this little bit in this graph here. Well, if I do that for a client, it's like, whoa, okay, so you just saw something I didn't get to see or, or I didn't have to go and look into that. You were able to do it for me. Now it makes it harder to replace, right? You become more of an asset. You know, we're in a time where there's services of people around the world and you can get things done for really cheap um, and, and it still be good. Right. But how do you compete in that space? And that's the things that you need to start thinking about now more than ever because we could work with anyone across the world. And there, there is so there's a service for everything, and there's five different services for everything. So it's like, how do you compete with that? Well, you got to find that that little thing that you can do for the very right person. It's like niching down into your clients. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like you talk about niching down for content, yep. but even niching down on the clients that you work with or the things that you do that is so specific, but it helps these people in such a way that now you can almost take that um, that Tesla model of. Uh, of business with saying, I'm going to, I only want to work with a few clients at a really high yep. level, right. And paying them a really high level so that I can then reach people, more people with either free or cheaper content, mm -hmm. but I can't start with the free or cheaper content because this takes the same amount of work 
to right the free um, the free or cheap becomes a long term benefit to those who are not paying you and it helps build relevance for you and builds yeah. them into your into your model and and you know giving away your best stuff for free it you know and doing the right thing is always the right thing but at the same time those who are hiring you couldn't care less because they know the value it's like i'm trying to remember right. the name of the company but it was another company that went through Vaynerchuk's 4D's uh and they basically have given away their entire system on how to write how to write, edit, and publish your own book. And literally, it's all on their website, step-by-step, step, everything that they do. And it's a brilliant model because people read this much of it, and I mean like an inch or two's worth of it, and then all of a sudden they're like, I don't want to do this. I got to hire these people. Yeah. So because they were so giving in what they did, they captured business with so much less effort. Um, because they showed their level of professionalism and the belief in their own product that they were able to give it away for free. And that's, you know, that's a lesson that so many people need to learn is, yeah, you, you might not be able to give it away free in the beginning or you should be giving it away for free in the beginning. Um, but, but leaning towards that model of being able to give away your best stuff for free all the time will probably make you wealthier than keeping it to yourself. And it's like, you know, I spent some time in the restaurant business, and and my my chef GM never wanted to give away recipes, and my thing was bullshit. Let's give it all away, uh, and you know, we we were in the beginning of the social media blow up and Instagram, and it really taken off to the level that it did. And I, because I was blessed to be around Vaynerchuk and his crew, I I learned the value of it. Um, yeah, but it helped us because we did we did contests. Hey go make this cocktail and send us a picture of it. And boom, now everybody's making our drinks at home and doing a yeah. terrible job with them. Come in and have, let, let us fix that problem. Come in and have one. It's, it's on me, you know, or have right. something to eat. We built a great audience as a result of it. And, and it's a well. conversation starter at a party. Well, hey, you know, like, where did you learn to make such good drinks? Well, you know, yeah. this restaurant puts out their stuff for yeah. free. Well, okay, that's awesome. We should definitely go there in the summer when it's nice out or something. You yeah. know, like, but you, you've got a conversation starter that, Maybe before it would have been like, hey, I'm making cocktails at home. It, right. They never mentioned you, but now you've potentially got a party, right? I was really into cocktails before my son was born, like, you know, crafting them and mixology yep. and all that stuff. But I just have no more reason to be any priorities than change. I already am. So, <laughs> so I've just got this cabinet that's like, yeah, when, when I actually get sleep, I'll, I'll be able to start playing with that again. Yep. But it was always fun when I had people over and be like, oh, where did you learn this? Like, like this technique or that technique. And I would, you know, talk about it, but if you learn it from a, a local restaurant, yeah. then it's like, Hey, we should go there. You've got a conversation, just getting people interested. Yep. Like, well, if this is that good and I would never make it, then I'm going to go there. Even though that person's making it at home. Yeah. You know, that This is what I, how I talk about referrals. Like exactly. I like to think about it this way. And this is actually um, how I've landed a couple of clients too, is if you're always telling people what you're doing, the goal is not is not to sell all those people. In fact, the majority of people you tell are probably never going to buy from you. That's right. But if they love you and they like your stuff and they you've built a relationship, when they hear someone else say, I need a repurposed video editor, they're going to be the ones that tag you in. Yep. And that just happened to me a month ago or two months ago where uh, someone put out a tweet. And it was like, I need someone to repurpose and someone that I've built a good relationship with Um I had seen it and I would have missed it. I would have missed the tweet. I wouldn't have seen it. And he tagged me and said, Dan Norton's your guy. Yep. That started a conversation, went into a DMs contract sign a few hours later. Like that, that's the power of, you know, putting out this social media content, putting out the value 
that 90% of the people or 95% of the people will never buy from you potentially. I, Hopefully I, that's not the goal, but that I, could be the goal. Those could be the people that lead you to your highest paying clients. I think I've said it in every single episode of this show. It comes down to people getting to know you, like you and trust you. Yes. And then you become part of, of who they are. And they're, they're uh, I can't remember who wrote them, but I think it might've been Blanchard or somebody like that. But wrote a book called Raving Fans. And, and it's, mm -hmm. It, it taught, it's a parable and it talks about the, your whole goal is to build people up, do, do such a wonderful job for them that they not only tell people you know, on the real estate side, I did such a great job for this one family that not only will they tell their friends when their friends say, who should I hire? They'll tell their friends before their friends ask, who should they hire? Yeah. They want to mm -hmm. go out and tell the story. Uh, and, and, you know, you, when you create raving fans, the, the consumer becomes the hero of the story. And I yeah. believe in every business, our job is to be the guide. You know, we get hired to do a job so that the person who's paying us can move up in that hierarchy of needs of, of life. Um, and I, I think you're doing a great job with it. I think it was, a, it was a great idea for you to go down that path of, of starting this other, this other business because I'm just listening to you and I'm fascinated. I'm saying, man, I got to hold on to my wallet because there's so much stuff you do that could bring huge value to me today. But I, I know I have a lot of that in-house, but the perspective I get from it sure. has got me thinking yeah. a million different things to sit down with Corey. And I, I hope somebody else listens to this and gets the same value out of it that I am because I know Corey will, and I know I'm getting it right now. And I can't thank you enough for that. Um, so as we start to wind down, one of my favorite questions to ask people is, do you know who you, who your ideal client is? For me, my, my ideal client is someone in the entrepreneurial space, typically, um, teaching and helping entrepreneurs. Why? Because I have a passion for it. <laughs> I enjoy that. I'm excited by that. Um, getting people to start their own business, to get out of the, the corporate cog wheel machine right kind of thing that that's kind of the topic that's around obviously there's other different topics out there um someone who's already sold on video right they know videos the way they go and they're already creating this content it, most of the time live stream content right because live is the easiest way to go you turn the lights on and boom you hit record and you don't have to worry about takes because you're doing it no matter what, right? It's going to be imperfect right. and people love that, right? They love the, the benefit of live. They're doing that long form live and they need to start getting more content out there uh, onto different channels, right? That is for me exactly who I want because that, that's exactly how I can help. Um, and there's a number of different other ways to do that, but, but in that. And, and, and for video editors, and this is exactly why I want to make this possible, that there's so many different niches and uh, um businesses and industries that need video editors to do that same thing and so my desire is to build a coaching group where i can raise up not necessarily raise up these are editors who already know what they're doing but help them be able to work and be prepared to work with marketers business owners and creators um, and even if they wanted to get jobs and stuff in the industry in, in different ways but be able to do that so then i could serve this market of <laughs> marketers and business owners even better gotcha. by saying hey we've got video editors right? There is a lot of different services and I could start a monthly subscription service to do video editing and I could hire a bunch of editors all over the place and do that all myself. But I don't really think that's the best model for everybody. And there are services out there that exist and those are great if that's what you want to look for. But I do believe that there is value in having an editor who is your editor. I agree. Right? That's your guy or your girl who is going to do your editing, who knows your audience is not just some paid like monthly subscription, yep. right? I've found the value in that. 
And so if I could bring those two worlds together, that, that for me is my dream, my goal and my desire uh, and, and my place in um, this world to be able to do that. So, so you're, you're more in tune with the person who's proficient at the job already as opposed to someone who's learning to get into it, correct? Yes. Well, is, that, because, is that the goal or am well, I hearing something wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, someone who's proficient with, with video editing already, I can help people who are beginners as well and okay. do those. The same thing for marketers and business owners who are uh, just beginning with video or interested in getting started with video as well, because you could start off with what I believe is the easiest way to create your most amount of content. Understood. Right, a business owner looking at like, hey, I just got to go live. I need to do this, get in front of a window, shoot some video because yep. you'll get that nice lighting. You don't need crazy lights. You don't need a crazy camera. They're no. already overpriced right now because, <laughs> every, you know, price gouging. Um, but you've got an amazing camera in your pocket known as your phone. And most of us have that. And you could put your camera down on a stack of books in front of a window. Get started with video today. Like if you've never done video and you know that you need to do video, you should literally start today. And I would put that out as a challenge to take your phone. Um, and it, if you're in New York, it's overcast today. So, but uh, you can stand out and uh, record some video, yep. like a live stream video. And then th- consider the ways that you can use that on different platforms. Yeah. And that's kind of my twofold way of being able to help. Hey, I help got I got my start, like I said, with the restaurants. I did almost all of it myself with my iPhone. And this is seven, yep. eight years ago. So it was probably an iPhone six or seven. I learned the basics of iMovie on, on my phone. I did it all myself. And then I learned the value of lighting. And holy yep. cow, did my life change. <laughs> um, yep. Then we started to get, you know, different. And I had one of those handheld plastic LED lights that cost probably 30 bucks and it had the different filters. Mm-hmm. And nine different pictures just by changing the filter and, and and then i could edit on the camera on top of that it was amazing yeah. uh, I, you know i really think people have to get to, uh, to go off on a little bit of a tangent because i i hear it from a lot of people don't for, don't panic about how you look or sound on camera again you don't want to if you try if you're in a sales business and you have to sell People need to know who you are, what you look like, what you sound like. Don't scare them to death. Put yourself out there. Make yourself be humble enough to look like a fool. I'm a jackass on camera nine days out of ten. And on that tenth day, it's probably nine of the ten hours I'm on it. But I'm me. Uh, And what that's done for me is it's put me in a position to deal with more and more clients who accept me for what I am, who see the value in who I am and what I do. And they don't mind the fact that I'm not wearing a three-piece suit or a $1,000 suit or a $500 tie. I'm in jeans and a t-shirt and a baseball hat on backwards most days. I will dress up and present myself for a client, but I am who I am and I got here because I'm good at what we do. And that's the position I've put myself in. And more and more people need to get out of their own way and do it. And everybody needs to get on a damn camera and do something. Even if you got bad lighting and, and, and cheap cameras, doesn't matter. Just do something. Um, Dan, yeah. I, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Is there anything we can, before I wrap, is there anything we can do for you? Is there any message you want to put out there? Because we will link up all your stuff in, in our podcast notes and in our, in our social media pieces to share with people so that mm-hmm. they can connect with you. But is there any, any last words that you have for us? Well, I mean, just like what you were saying to you, if you've not started video, it, you can get started. And the the kind of the theme that I've been going with even throughout this whole conversation is keep it simple. Yeah. It does not have to be complicated. And in all honesty, if you really want to get started and you don't want to be on camera and you're able to record your screen of your computer and if you've got some kind of software or product and you want to show a tutorial, just record your voice and over yeah. it. Get, get, move those, get, you could do that getting started. 
or start a podcast where you don't need video and you can yeah. just record it right yeah. there, but it's getting yourself used to creating content. It, the simple um, solution to that first one, because I used to do it. I used to create PowerPoint presentations. I'd open up mm -hmm. photo, I'd open up photo booth, whatever it is on the phone. I'd, I'd record it, put that in the background, put the slideshow over it and have screencast running and boom, there it was. I just did a, I yeah. just did yet another boring PowerPoint presentation that I narrated. It's not yeah. complicated and it's not expensive. Go go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. Yeah. And you literally can start with that. But yeah. even easier than that is just taking your phone. And I always tell people the way I, I believe people could start is with like Instagram stories. Because they exactly. go away after 24 hours. I know everything quote unquote is go away, but they go away for after 24 hours. So even if you don't like it, you're getting that you're getting that practice of going. Now you're getting practice shooting vertical. So but when you're actually shooting videos, make sure you turn your phone yes. sideways and go horizontal. But <laughs> Learn those, that the hard those way. Are little details. If you shoot it vertically, that's whatever. But get used to it. Get used to the feedback. What are people saying? Think about those things. Just just kind of observe and and analyze what's happening and get yourself started. If you have started, consider what are the ways that you can level up. Um, and if you're interested in repurposing it all, I do have a guide at repurposevideo.com. And you can get a free guide there to help kind of break down uh, what uh, repurposing for video really is that if, if you are interested in learning more of that. Um, but yeah, my, my desire is just to be able to see people use the internet to level up, but not get overwhelmed. I've always, I've always thought you need to have a perfect funnel and a perfect website and all this stuff before you could promote. And what I've realized with this coaching group is all I needed to do was go on Canva, make a quick little like logo. I don't even like, I don't love the name. I always get caught up with names. Like I cannot move right. forward until something is named perfectly and I never name it. And it takes me weeks and months and then I never move forward. So for this, I was like, video editors get clients. It's terrible. I don't even think it's grammatically correct, but whatever. I was like, I'm just going to do it and force myself to move forward with just like this black and white image. And I just put told told a little bit of my story because storytelling is important. Learn to tell stories. Um, and I told a little bit of my story and I said, this is what I'm looking to do. Are you interested? And I said, send me a DM. That's as simple as I kept it. Now, yes, I do have a website that I was able to put a sales page on and sell people to, but you could easily do this through PayPal. You could easily get started today, especially if you're struggling, if you've been laid off, if you have no, no money coming in, if you've got some kind of skill that you could share, teach people. PayPal exists and you could just send people to a PayPal link. They could send you money and you can get on a Zoom call or something yeah. um, and get things started that I'm forcing myself to keep things simple, to prove to myself that I don't need all these things that I've been told that I need for years. Good for you. Um, so that's where I think, and, and that comes along with everything from video to, to becoming an entrepreneur, to doing those things. It's just keep it as simple as possible and try it. The worst thing that can happen is no one responds and then, you know, okay, right. That was fine. Yeah. If no one responds, then I'll try something else. But also maybe it's just putting in different messaging. Maybe I need to reach out and find different people. Exactly. Maybe I just need to start conversations with different people. Focus on building a relationship, not on selling, right? You build that relationship, you'll start to see the things that people need and the ways that you can help uh, with, with what you do. And, you know, I say it's as easy as that. I know it's a struggle. And I, because it took me how many years to do this? Almost 10 years. It's a, it's, a it's a struggle, but it's simple. The, yeah. the game plan itself, you know, the back to basics always works. 
mm-hmm. you know, the, like you said, it may not work. Maybe your phrasing was wrong. Maybe your location of placing that was wrong. Maybe it was right for the wrong, you know, it's, it's, it's to, to, we can dive into another two hour conversation and I can get into my Dan yeah. Kennedy mentality, but it's what's your message? Who's the market you're speaking to and where are you matching them up? Uh, yep. And that will definitely be a conversation for another day uh, because sure. that will be quite a lengthy one. And that's one of those things I would love to do another panel and get a bunch of people similar to yourself uh, from different sectors uh, and talk about that, that whole marketing strategy uh, uh, mindset. So I think that would be a fascinating one that would bring a huge, a wealth of information to anybody and everybody who's got any interest in anything related to do with marketing. And I will stop yeah. saying any. Uh, Dude, I can't thank you enough. Um, I will connect and tag you in all the things we do here. We'll turn some content out of it for you to share as well if you'd like. Uh, again, it, it's it's kind of, I'm lost for words because I'm just overwhelmed by how much I'm taking in here and I can't write notes fast enough and I'm scribbling like a third grader, but huge value <laughs> you brought to the audience and I greatly appreciate it. I look forward to continuing to, to build this relationship with you, developing uh, not only, not only the friendship, but a working relationship, hopefully bringing you some value, uh, helping you get some clients as well uh, and seeing what we can do to evolve this and help grow each other. Because I think that's what the entrepreneur community really needs. Uh, and it, it's been great connecting with you and each conversation has been better than the last. So I can't thank you enough for it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap on that note. Dan Norton. Thank you so much. He is at Daniel Patrick Norton on Instagram, which is where I found him. So if you're not on Instagram, Hey, get your ass on there. Uh, yeah. send me a dm uh, yeah i'm always in the dms and, and and that's how to reach him daniel thank you so much for your time i greatly appreciate it i look forward to speaking to you again soon uh and on that note ladies and gentlemen there is another opposite another episode of opportunity knocks in the can have a wonderful day and as always if you enjoyed what we're doing here give us a review give us some follows some comments let us know what we can do to be of more value to you um, and, and to to connect with you, find find more and more guests to bring to share their experiences to help put you in a position to win in the long run. Everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. Have a fantastic day.